0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are starting The Bands of Mourning, the third novel in the second era of Mistborn. And we read the prologue and chapters one and two, wherein we get a flashback where we discover the the dreadful secret that happened during Wax's time in the village and the reason he got kicked out. Then there's a raid... And there's a wedding But then there's not a wedding And it turns out that it was uh, Wayne's fault So I am Data And with me is Jamie
1: Joe And I'm his good friend Jesus
2: <laughs> <sighs> That, no, that was good. I, uh, save us Jesus I help those who help themselves Save <laughs> me Jeebus
0: <laughs> Hang on to something everybody The Sanderlanch is about to begin
2: Revolution holds
0: us back Come on down to London town, break your back for class and crown. Come on. Yeah, starting a new book, starting the last currently existing book in uh, this series. What did you guys think of the first three chapters?
3: It was a bit of fun. It was always nice to to start a new book, and I wasn't sure what we were going to get out of the prologue, given what we learned about Lessie and and Lessie's fate last time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that we've left that and and got a bit of an insight to Wax growing up in the village. That was that was a bit of fun, also. You know, you could see that he's pretty keen on law enforcement. So what a crazy thing to stumble into when you're <laughs> just trying to find your way as in the terrorist community. I I sort of liked, you know, like how useful having that, that bullet on him was and having the bullet casing and how often he's like, oh, I'll throw a bullet casing on the ground and off I go. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get why he does that now because it was so useful at the time. <laughs> And a nice little throwback to, you know, obviously bringing his sister back into it and what she was like, a bit of their relationship, and Adashwi as well. Nice nod in the past to mm-hmm. to her. So that was that was all pretty cool, and I'm glad we got some steris straight away. And also, I'm really mad at Wayne. Like, <laughs> don't, don't. And also a little bit mad at Marisai. Like. You knew he was going to do something or you just pieced it together that he was going to do something because that's not OK. Wax has made his choice. Respect his choice, Wayne.
0: I agree. It's not OK. Like, it, it, I feel like even the book tries to play it off as like, you know, Wayne's like, ah, Wax, Wax will know, but he's not going to say anything. He, he really wanted me to do it. And maybe on some level, like after seeing him at the wedding, he kind of did need somebody to do it. But it's, it's, it's not cool.
3: No, that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it could have played out pretty badly and maybe he would have gone, look, I actually can't do this, and that would have been way worse, I think, for, for him and Steris, especially, mm-hmm. especially Steris, because she gave him an out, was like, you don't have to do it, I'm not going to hold it against you, it's okay. And then you go, no, 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 I'm fine, to get up the front and go, oh, actually, no, I'm not fine. That's <laughs> way more embarrassing. But I, I like that their relationship is still there and I'm hoping that we, you know, okay, they've got the other date set in the two months' time, so what I'm hoping is by the end of this book that they do actually get married, you know, Marisai needs to have moved on. We're, we're so past that storyline now. I would be super cranky if we came back to that. Darius deserves better.
0: Yeah. Marisai does seem like she's, you know, moved on. I think it's, she even. It's
3: wa- uh, Wayne that doesn't seem to be moving on.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good introduction. We really don't have much idea of what's going on. Yet, obviously, but it's um a, a, a bit of fun, you know. And I, I think it's not going to take long to get into anything in particular because we've obviously got our our new Candra friend or or foe, depending on which character you're seeing this from. Right. Uh also pretty cool to give Marisai a bit of a chance to, you know, be headlining one of these things, which will be which will be cool. And you know, watching Wax's journey from here as well. I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah she, she she needs a chance to shine uh, in the lead i I agree it'll be it' it's, be a good thing to see
3: yeah the
2: beginning of this book I really I really liked uh, I think I even texted data which is not super normal for me to do before we actually do a show saying oh hey I really like the beginning of this book the flashback I thought was cool it gives a lot of insight into wax it's a cool story I don't know maybe we had heard his maybe we had heard his. Terrace name back in the last book, I don't remember, but I like his terrace name. I think that's a cool name, and uh, I really enjoyed that part. The stuff with them, I actually like the end of the prologue a lot too, where it kind of fast forwards to Wax and Wayne fighting Miggs and his crew. I thought that was cool, and then uh, yeah, we get the wedding day and the disaster. I agree, that's not cool for Wayne to do that. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked that it, that he would have done that, and also shocked along with what JV said that, uh, that Maris, I would kind of like scold him, but kind of shrug it off. Like, and, and maybe it's just, she's so familiar with Wayne at this point, but it's still not cool. Yeah, I agree. Steris, you know, kind of deserves to have some kind of happiness. Uh, it's not really fair for Wayne to make decisions like that for wax. And so that was kind of sad. I hope that, you know, their later plans aren't sabotaged as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, new new Condra on the scene or maybe an old Condra we don't we don't know about in a different body i don't know but uh i'm excited to see what happens hmm.
0: yeah it'll yeah we we got a new Condra. who knows like you said uh what sort of uh what he's gonna end up being like he or she i mean it's a male body now but who knows
2: yeah. I feel like so far, at least, it's uh, except for Bleeder, who was specifically choosing to have different faces on to, f- to mess with wax. I feel like so far, the norm that we have seen is that if it's a male conjurer, they're in a male body. If it's female conjurer, they're in a female body. At least yeah. from If
3: from they're from just like yeah.
2: picking their own body, then yeah, it does seem kind of that way. I agree. Yeah. Also, I don't know how they determine gender with like themselves. I guess they choose it at some point. I don't know. We've been told
0: that they do have genders, but not how, you know, if it's biological or if it's Mm -hmm. a
2: choice or what exactly it is. My, yeah, my guess is like their essence must just like, like move them towards one thing or another, because based on how we know they're created, it doesn't seem likely that they could be a specific gender
1: when they're born
2: as mistwraiths, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, who knows? So I'm pretty sure in the last book, Milan made some comment about humans and their sexual dimorphism or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. She said that like the, the that they're like sexist and that Vendel told her it's because of their sexual
1: dimorphism because men are bigger than women t-
0: generally mm. or whatever.
1: Yeah, Gotcha. Yeah. no. as far as these chapters go, these like these are pretty good. Like I really like the prologue. Really cool to see the village. See actually see what life is sort of like in the village. Because you know, haven't really had that before, mm. and you know, really interesting interactions. Like, I, yeah, like Jamie, Jamie said, uh, we saw the cantra that uh, Bleeder stole the steel running from, uh, not the cantra, the terrace, the terrace yep. woman that Bleed stole. Um, so that was that was a nice little nod. Good to see his sister, which makes me think, all right, the sister's probably going to be a more of a presence in this book, probably. The stuff with the wedding, I was like, this is fine. Like, it's you know character development for Wax, and, again, nice to see Steris, who, again, MVP, because, yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, she doesn't have to give the out, she's but she genuinely does try to look out for other people's well-being. And, yeah, like, I'm going to add to the other guys, like, what the hell is Wayne doing? He's rapidly turning, like, in the first book he was just kind of the the odd sidekick who is kind of funny, but in like the last book and already the start of this book, he's just kind of one of those, I know better. So I'm going to fuck with everyone until I get what I want. And he doesn't actually consider what anyone else wants. He's like, Oh, I know what they want. So I'm going to, I'm going to make that happen. It's like, okay. uh, You're also going about in the most destructive manner possible. Mm. I mean, yeah, no one got hurt and nothing was permanently damaged, but still like flooding a building, like something could have very easily gone wrong there. And he just he just doesn't care because as long as he gets what he wants he doesn't give a shit what he does to anyone else and like frankly that rubs me the wrong way so yeah. and then Marisai goes to call him to task and he just sort of verbally dances around and until she winds up just like letting him off the hook for it and I'm like no call him to task for this for fuck's sake yeah yeah no, I agree so yeah no that that yeah Wayne really rubbed me the wrong way here and it's like not a good starting point for the book so. We'll 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 see how that goes. Like I'm on board with Wax and Steris, mostly with Marisai. I agree. It's nice that she'll get a chance to take the lead. Um, I look forward to seeing more of that. But Wayne, you have to work for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Okay, I guess let's get into these uh, these chapters. We have. I'm gonna start with the maps because we got two maps here, and we'll, we'll to touch briefly. The second map is the great city of New Saran. It's a map of the city, although it's kind of ripped over on the left side. So presumably just from that, you can be like, oh, so I guess that that city may be important at some point, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I was was thinking the same thing when I pulled up the map and it had the second one and I was like, oh, I guess we're going to New Saran at some point. So
0: I bring that up just to point out back on the first map that uh, this is basically the same map that we've seen twice now. There's usually it's got some handwritten annotations there's only one in in this case and it's like a little x in the bottom right with presumably the name of a city it says dulcing which is very close to new saran so that may give an idea of uh, the geography that we're going to be dealing with to some extent it seemed interesting to me that they they uh, if naz is once again annotating these this map is just like no there's only one note i want to make this time
1: okay I like the, the look of new Saran because it looks like it's sort of cut into the steps of a mountain or something. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm if I'm looking at this right, there's like cable cars going up and down it, which is I don't know, this, this could be like this is a very different kind of city to what we've not seen before.
0: Yeah, there's definitely something it looks my first thought on seeing it was like, are there ski lifts or what? what, what is going on here? But yeah, uh, there's some sort of something that goes up and down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be just like a cargo lift system getting goods from the like. From the river back down, like back up to the top and back down again, but
0: there's also a lot of waterfalls that you can see. So that's an interesting geographical feature also to have just in the middle of your city.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it it looks like a very interesting location to decide. Oh yeah, we're going to place a city here. And like wh- what? Why? That's going to be a lot more work than if you put it in the flatlands. <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. I I I, th- I think this is interesting. I like I look forward to seeing this place. And there's a yeah. few handwritten notes on this map. Uh,
0: Coppergate Hotel, Shores Mansion, nothing very interesting except over on the right there's the Saran New District Cemetery, which is an interesting individual note to have pulled out, and you're like, okay, so why is that labeled? <laughs> but one thing I did want to point out just uh, for people paying attention is uh, the great city of New Saran commissioned by his lordship, Stefan Sauvage. In the year 336. Presumably they restarted the calendar um, when the world ended. So I point out the name because I don't know if you guys remember, we have seen that last name before. And it was... Yeah. It was in the previous book, in the newspaper, the broadsheet, whatever, in the story about a lady who encountered in the mountains somebody that she thought was a visitor from another world. That lady's name was like... Nicelle or Nichelle Sauvage. Hmm.
2: Or Lady Nichelle Sauvage. So. Interesting. Yeah, maybe we got some perpendicularity. It sounds like they're trying to rip off my Possum Hunter script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, the maps are kind of... I, I agree, the,
0: the city of New Strange just looks kind of interesting. Like, it's it very different from what you might expect. And then we get into the prologue, so... We are back in time. It doesn't actually say how far back we've gone, but uh, Wax is in the village. And according to the last book, his uncle allowed like one year that him and his sister could go live in the village. So this is during that w- whenever
2: that one year was. Yeah. Well, at the end, uh, in the fast forward part of the prologue, it says a year amount later. So I guess I oh, did it? an okay. idea of how far back it is. I didn't remember that part. Okay. Yeah.
3: 28 years.
0: So, a good while ago. And actually, does it say how old? Wax is 15 here.
1: So, I guess that gives us uh, exactly how old he is now. 43? At the end of the first book, he was over 40. So, yeah, that makes sense. And so
0: they're in the village, and Wax's sister Telson and some of her buddies are sneaking out of the village. And I think his grandmother did mention his terrorist name, Asinthu once in the last book, but, you know, that went by pretty quick. And so we have Telson, we have Quashim, one of the girls, and Idashwi, who, yeah, was the uh, dead girl from the last book. And there's, like, a weird little flirtation thing going on between her and Wax, which... Is kind of in this section, which I feel like here's the alternate history where Wax could have ended up in the village with like this Steel Runner girl. And then there is the one guy in the group other than Wax, Forch, which that name just sounds like harsh. And apparently, Wax is a little do gooder, like follow the rules kid. And they're like, oh, he's not going to sneak out. He'll tell on us. He's always following all the rules. So, the one's the th-
1: one who follows the rules who like rebels and gets kicked out. Right? <laughs> Those rule followers. The yeah, one girl. <laughs> yeah, well, so. the,
0: the one the one girl who's not his sister or I dash we She's she really seems to not like him. Like, oh, man, who's going to answer all the questions in class? It'll be really quiet without you there to be teacher's pet.
1: Which I mean, look, any classroom has that kid.
0: Yeah, so they're going to go out and get drunk. Tellson's like, yeah, I can't find a good drink here in the village. But a couple blocks over, there's some nice pubs. And it'll be extra easy to sneak out because grandmother is distracted by some sort of emergency. And they keep telling him that he's an outsider. What, do you live most of your life out there? What are you so scared of? Why do you care if we leave? And so Wax is always the outsider. His sister apparently gets in with everybody easily. But Wax gets to tell him what this emergency is about. And she's like, I don't know, something, some constable is here to talk to her. And he's like, wait, what? And she, like, takes his hand and is like, come on, let's go. And he wants to go instead and find off, uh, find out what this constable thing is about. And he's like, oh, they're going to think I'm a coward now. But he's very interested in the police uh, part, especially since we find out that they are here because of him. And we cut to his grandmother talking to this constable. And she basically is like, hey, what happens in the village is none of your business. We police ourselves. We don't want you here. Hmm not a great idea I feel like I mean they said the same thing when wax
2: showed up in the last book they're like no we police ourselves get out of here sure I mean yeah I just don't get like I don't know I always uh, I always saw and of course you know people change it's been hundreds of years since says but I also I always saw like the terrorist peoples kind of logical but I guess they're not really when you when you think about it because Sazed was really the black sheep of the terrorist people so
1: it's true
3: we've never really seen them in a community like we've seen the the odd terrorist person here and there so you you sort of got to wonder is this how they were in the past or is this a, a new way you know you've got a whole bunch of people that are running different religions and you know your whole way of life has been disrupted and Honestly, mm-hmm. a lot of you were murdered. like there weren't many of you left, so you want to be a bit protective of yourselves, like I don't know how much of what we knew of the terrorists before and what we know of the terrorists now would align.
0: yeah they were they were mostly very subservient before, and they don't they don't quite seem like that. I think they you're right because the only time we saw anything even like close to their society was after. Like all their leaders had been slaughtered and they moved to the pits of Hatson and they were just like, yeah. say please come and be in charge of us. And he's like, nah, I don't want to. And so the constable says that he's gotten the tip. He has an informant and uh, he's like, it was anonymous, but this is like stronger than just a tip. And it's like a whole sheet full of all of like these suspicious things that Wax found out about uh, this Forge kid shirt that smells like smoke, muddy boots the same size as the prints outside the burned building, flasks of oil hidden beneath his bed, and so Wax is thrilled that somebody took him seriously and uh, his grandmother's like, yeah, okay, I agree that this is disturbing, but it still doesn't give you any business being here, and the constable's like, well, you weren't so quick to reject the help of the fire brigade when they came in here to put out the fire, which I feel like that's a false equivalency. There's a big difference between, like, putting out a fire and letting the cops come in to, like, Take somebody off to jail, which is her deal where she's like, I've seen those things that you that you guys call prisons. I'm not putting one of our people in that. And I like when he's like, is it because this forge is a twin born? Are you frightened of his powers? And she just looks at him scornfully like, bitch, I ain't scared of nothing.
3: And I kind of believe that about her.
0: Oh, absolutely. We don't know if she has powers, do we? We do not know. I'd say there's a good chance. Yeah, I would say she
2: probably has at least fair chemical powers, but maybe not.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's not a twin born because she was very down on wax for like the evils of that half of his power.
1: But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, maybe. But she also just could be like she could have she could be a twin born herself and have some allomantic ability and just like really resent it because it's a mm. reminder she is not pure terrorists.
0: That's an interesting point. That's true. She could have some self-loathing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And the constable points out some stuff. He's like, I don't know how much you know about arson, but let me explain some stuff to you. This is often the crime that you see to cover up a different crime or maybe something that leads to bigger crimes. This is not going to be an isolated incident, basically. And so he says, look, at best, what you have is somebody who likes to burn things and is just waiting to do it again. At worst, something bigger is coming and you are going to regret this. And she's
1: just like, not not here for it. Or a guy who burns out a bar for the insurance money. Yes, if he yes, makes it look like an electrical, an electrical thing. electrical thing, <laughs> classic
2: yeah i you know there's terrorist wisdom and then there's you know
1: common sense yeah put the blinders on
2: and so he's
0: he 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 leaves her a bullet as a reminder and she's not happy about that like don't bring your instruments of death in here he says when the boy burns something again send for me hopefully it won't be too late and he leaves and she spots wax in the mirror was watching through her window and she's just like "Asinthu, please come in here and she is like so that thing that letter he just showed me was in your handwriting did i not tell you that we had this under control so i guess he reported it to them and he didn't think that they'd done anything about it so he decided to go to the police
2: which yeah fair yeah,
0: yeah i absolutely. mean from
2: a teenage perspective it's like well he's still walking around and he's still going to class and it doesn't appear to seem like he's in trouble or anything so well i guess nothing's happening
1: yeah, it's so, like yes, don't worry, we gave him a good talking to. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's gonna have to do
1: community service. We've we've asked some of the others to make friends with him. That see it. how that's a punishment. No, right. And she's just like, Oh man, I thought
0: you were trying to fit in here. Why are you doing this stuff, Wax? Like Wax <laughs> is in more trouble than Forge is, I feel
2: like. You yeah. Know? Well she's certainly harder on him, perhaps because he's her grandson, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so her, her solution is that,
0: you know, his crime is just because he spends so much time alone and he's misguided. So I've asked some of the others to make friends with him. So the others are making friends with him by taking him out and getting him drunk, which is
2: probably not what she intended. But yeah, well, that and I mean, I guess we don't know whose idea was to go out. It might have been fortress because it sounds like later it's like, oh, you go and get them drunk and then leave. And so they think you're with them.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It could have been his idea, although Telson indicates that they do it kind of a lot. So who knows? Yeah. And Wax is just like, I want to find out what's right. Why is it so hard? And she's like, no, that's easy. All you have to do is listen to what we tell you. And he's like, no, no, no. That's what you think is right. But there's other opinions Mm. than yours. So. Yeah, it's (laughs) very,
1: very myopic there.
2: Yeah, just listen to the teachings. The teachings will tell you what's right. It's like,
0: no, that's not really how that works, man. And he's also feeling so unaccepted because what this one girl's opinion is, is apparently popular where they think of him as an outsider and he's a goody goody. And and he's like, I'm trying to do what you told me and like, just be so good that they have to accept me. And uh, she's just like, you you know, keep keep going. You'll get there. Maybe you could tell some of them to make friends with me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, We'll see. And he takes the bullet with him and leaves. And so he's gone to class. We get a bunch of uh, them reciting stuff in this class, learn the terrorist things, and he kind of tricks with the teacher into telling him a story about like a woman who uh, was killed by her husband by a gun. So maybe that's why the bullets are a reminder. Yeah. And he's, we get some introspection where he's trying to weigh these two lives. He's like, does he want to live here in the village? Does he want to go out and be, you know, a noble person, heir to the house at this point because his uncle hasn't had a son yet. And then he sees Forch going through the trees. And when the uh, girls are not there also, he realizes, oh, he's up to something. Going to start another fire, probably. Mm. And he's trying to tell himself, it's none of my business, I'm supposed to follow the rules. But he cannot resist. And he tracks the kid to an old dormitory where they keep their extra... It's, like, used for storage now. <laughs> he's just like, geez, how... how? How dumb is it that this kid's like they know that he burned down the other building. If he burns down a building now, they're, they're not going to they're going to figure it out real quick, which we find out later that he's got this alibi set up. But I feel like that may still be kind of thin. Like, are they yeah. really going to believe it's coincidence that another building burned down?
2: Yeah, 100 percent. It's like, yeah, even if you were, even if these girls swear you were out drinking with them, like clearly this building got burned down. So you're the most likely person to have done that thing. And so he follows him in and is
0: looking around when all of a sudden he gets smashed by Forge coming out of nowhere. And Wax is like, dude, it's okay. I just want to talk. And the guy keeps coming at him, keeps swinging at him. And Wax starts yelling for help and running. And he runs right into a room where lit by candles where there is a five-year-old boy tied to a wooden plank, his shirt cut open, and he's got cuts on his chest, and there's knives sitting there. And Wax is like, oh, hell. This is not
2: good. <laughs> and does it say – I forget. Does it say if he's a terrorist boy or if he's just a boy? It does not say, and I was curious about that myself. Yeah, because my curious my curiosity comes from, well, maybe – because, you know, the constable said sometimes they do it to hide other crimes. So it's like, did he burn down the building because he'd already done this to another boy? Is he taking boys like from from Ellen out in Ellendale as opposed to like other terrorist
1: boys? Right. The implication I got, and this could be wildly off base, when Wax first sees him sneaking through the trees, he's got a sack over his back. And I assumed, has he just like stuffed like knocked this kid out, stuffed him into a bag and is bringing him mm. back from the outside? Yeah.
3: That's what I thought, especially because if he's with these girls, the alibi's not going to hold up. and they're like, "Oh yeah, we lost him before we even reached the pub," so he had to have out. And he's like, "What is wrong with you, Forge?"
0: And Forge is like, "I don't know. I just got to see what's inside, you know."
2: It's bleh. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty yucky.
0: And it says that his face is expressionless, and he, as he holds up a handful of nails, and Wax is like, "Oh, that's right, Forge is a..." And it turns out Forge is a coin shot, also. And he
1: nails wax with some of these nails. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that before,
2: right? Like, uh, I think when they're about to go, he's.
1: Uh, yeah, no, it does. The fact that he and Forge were coin shots. Yep. Yeah.
2: It didn't mention it... his his terrorist power, but it did. mention. I was that. about to say, yeah, is the. Does he use the Pharaoh Kemi in the fight? I forget.
0: He I does way earlier in the week. He is a brute. He can make himself. Oh, stronger.
2: that's right. Because he gets bigger. That's
0: yep. right. Wax has left his bracers behind in his room and doesn't have any uh, any alomancy or any rather metal in his stomach for alomancy because he hasn't been using that in the village. He does still have a pouch of flakes on him, though. And he tries to take it, but it gets pushed away, and he's desperately trying to—he's hurt and trying to grab onto the, the pouch of steel flakes. And then, yeah, that's where we see that Forge is getting bulkier. Not that I feel like you need it. He's already bigger than Wax, and he's already got his powers, like— I feel like you're overplaying it a little at this point, but whatever.
1: Just the fact that all through this, the guy has barely any expression on his face. It's very creepy. And, like, it's like, what's wrong with you? It's like, I don't know. Just got to do this. I'm like, oh, man, this guy is. He left an impression. Mm. Yep. Got too much ruin in
0: him, I guess. (laughs) He grabs Wax by the throat and shoves him out the window, holding him out here by the throat. And Wax is like, please. And he drops him. But fortunately, Wax has gotten some of that metal in him. and He's got the bullet on him to try to cushion his fall by pushing it against the ground because he fell three stories. So it's a good thing he managed to slow himself a little bit. And so now, uh, you know, he's like he should run and get help. But that boy above is already bleeding. The knives are out. I've got to I got to do something to save him. And so he goes back in there all messed up. And he pushes the bullet at Forge, and Forch stops it and it's hanging in the midair in midair pushed between them. And then Forge gets bigger again. I don't know if being stronger helps you push harder, but maybe it makes you at least heavier. I don't know. I don't know if it increases his muscle mass. Yeah. And then he's pushing a bar against Wax to shove him against the wall. And Wax is in pain. It's not fun. And he starts thinking about the words from the class earlier about how metal is your life. Metal is your soul. And he starts thinking about the three different parts of the bullet in front of him, the tip, the casing, and the knob at the back where that the hammer would hit. And suddenly the line splits into three lines to the three different parts of the bullet. And he shoves on just the the little knob at the back, which shoots the bullet directly into Fortress' skull, and kills him. So that's uh, that was nice. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. And I feel like it gives I. I don't know for sure, but I feel like this is giving us a view of how important intent is in Allomancy. Like, the way you think things work is the way they work. Because when he starts thinking of the bullet as three pieces of metal, suddenly there's three different pieces of metal that he can push on. Yeah. So that really opens up possibilities for, you know, if you can change the way your powers work by adjusting the way you think about them or the way you think about the world then there may be room to do more than you ever thought you could do but then uh, yeah the people come the if, if the screaming didn't draw them the gunshot definitely did and he's standing there he saves the boy and the boy's like hugging him tightly and crying and not wanting to let go and everyone comes in the teacher his grandmother the elders and they're all just staring at him in horror. it's all his fault that he
2: brought violence into the village. Yeah, I mean, did they not look at the kid and see that Forge had already brought the violence into right. the village? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, really, they don't have—and that's what I mean by, like, logical. It's like they don't really have a logical place to stand here, even if their teaching, say, you know, violence is never the answer, which really doesn't make sense because— which, I mean, I guess they're not Harmony followers. It really doesn't make sense because, you know, Harmony, who was a terrorist person, used, violent, used violence in protection of others. Yep. It's like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, their reasoning behind what they're doing. And, you know, people will make the argument, well, sometimes religions aren't logical. But at the same time, it's like the the – I feel like – In most religions, a tenant of each of them, even even Satanism is preservation of life. Even Satanism has the tenant of preservation of life. So it doesn't really make any sense to me to to say that, like, you can't protect like an innocent by using violence. Like it doesn't. It just doesn't make much sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, And we know from the last book, when he talked to his grandmother, that her whole thing was like, you kill people. And he's like, yeah, I do it to protect people. But she was just couldn't get past the fact that,
2: like, he kills people. We don't kill people. So I guess. Well, I mean, what in that situation where he was literally protecting his life and the life of that child, because he would have died otherwise. Yeah. It's like, what was he? He was just supposed to allow himself to die. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. I
0: I
1: 100 percent agree. Yeah. Well, I I think there's a line
2: and that's like,
1: go ahead, deck. I'm sorry. That's. What I was just saying, I think there's a line here where, like, Wax himself agrees, because it says, like, they'll hate him because he had been right. Like, yep. there yeah. was nothing he could have done, like, to follow their rules and also save the boy. Right, and save his,
2: himself, because that's the thing. It's like, that. that's literally the argument I would have with my grandmother at that point. It's like, what, what did you want me to do? Did you want me to die? Did you want me to let the boy die? Like, did you, like, what was I supposed to do? Probably...
0: The ultimate following the rules thing to do would have been to when he saw Forge walking through the woods and not coming back to his dorm would have been to go to an adult and be like, hey, he's out past curfew and he's gone off to like this, that this area over here. So,
2: yeah.
3: But I guess in in that case, too, though, he wouldn't have saved the boy. And she's already just said that they'll gladly accept help to save a life. So, you know, it's a little bit. (laughs) hypocritical <laughs> you know what, what do they want to happen he would go and and say oh grandmother i've seen Forge in the forest and he was holding something and he's going somewhere and doing something and he should be in his dormitory and they send out someone to go and see what he's up to and then stumble upon that and then it's just someone else in that situation it's like well yep. are you just going to let a whole bunch of terrorist people die yeah. Yeah. It was well, you yeah. were kind of damned if you did damned if you didn't in that situation. There was no way win. We, well, Wax was going to win that.
0: Sorry, there's a mosquito I'm trying to kill. Uh but yeah, I mean, and the thing is if somebody other than Wax had come in uh, up on this, then they probably would be dead because they wouldn't be able to like stop the nails flying at them or whatever right. else the kid was doing. So, Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah, he would have been stronger than whatever adult they had sent. And yeah, a hundred percent. Also, data, did you just say you used violence to kill a mosquito? How dare you? <laughs> I tried to real hard. I don't know if I got him.
1: But like, and this is also that, that like, is a life, sir. <laughs> the whole. Uh, yeah, he goes and reports and they send someone out and that adult would also be dead. Is true, but that's, that's also making the assumption that they even do send someone because earlier this same night, he's already gotten a dressing down saying, stop obsessing over Forge. If he goes mm. back and says, hey, I saw Forge, they might not even believe him and just send no one. Could be. I feel I like mean, you got, a, you, if, got a, you got a dead kid, a burnt down building, and no one's any the wiser.
0: I feel like they know Forge has kind of been up to some stuff. So if he told them, they would at least go and check his room and say, oh, he's not there. But maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, you know, every, I think we can all agree Wax did what had to be done. And they're upset at him for it but you know what else could he do yep and he i mean and joe points out it's like he's like they they, they're gonna hate me because i'm right because i was right this whole time and so wax is a little bit uh you know he's got a bit of his chip a chip on his shoulder about it because he's he's the 15 year old kid who all these adults were like no no we got this taken care of and they didn't and he had to take care of it so he's like well i was right and you all were
1: wrong so maybe you should be reevaluating yourselves not me Yeah, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be ostracized for saving a child from murder. Well, fuck you then. Fuck this society. Yeah, I don't blame him for deciding not to stay in the village after that. Yeah.
0: If they would have even let him. (laughs) But yes, we cut to 28 years later where Wax and Wayne are on a raid against some lawbreaker types. Eight men armed to the teeth. And wax busts through the door, although I guess we don't necessarily know it's wax. We know it's somebody in a mist coat, so you gotta figure given who the book is about. That, yeah. And they're uh, shooting.
1: As soon there as, as that the bullets are just like he like he has the bubble up and they're just like sort of peeling away from him. It's like, oh well that's wax. Yep. Cause they're all
0: firing at him and nothing is happening. The the bullets are going around him. And one of the guys is like, he's gonna kill us all. And uh he's just like Miggs, the guy in charge of the, these bad guys is like why don't you why are you just standing there just do what you're gonna do what's wrong with you and one of the guys goes, <laughs> maybe he's distracting us so his pal can sneak up behind us
2: Migs oh like, i hey. love that that's yeah. my favorite part of the whole chapter is when wayne says what they're doing
0: and he turns around and counts his crew and he's like wait a second that's that's more people than should be here and then he gets punched in the face it's a really fun
1: um approach soccer, it's take. not a it's not a sneak attack <laughs> if you yell out sneak attack <laughs> i mean technically he still got him so he does yeah yeah it's like oh like yeah thank god Miggs is just like a bit slow witted and didn't quite cotton on
0: these guys also have weird names uh like slink and drawers
2: i mean they're mobsters i mean we we love joey Mousepad and clamps like what it's are you true. Wait, what are you talking <laughs> about? Hey, there was a guy called clamps in these books yeah, so. yeah. is true where That's is he mean. like it's a bring thing. it back yeah, bring back clamps. We want clamps. And so, yeah, Wayne
0: takes out a bunch of these guys and the rest of them give up. And Wax is like, OK, Captain, you can come in and take them. And he just walks up to Mig's and He's like, hey, you might want to drop that gun, man. And uh, he's like, you could have just killed us all without even breaking a sweat. Why didn't you? And he's like, yeah, frankly, you're not worth killing. Drop the gun. We'll get this sorted out. And so he does. And the captain's uh, Wax is like, OK, they're all yours, Captain. And the guy's like, oh, you're not going to stay for the booking? He goes, no, nah, I got to get to a wedding. Who's mine, I'm afraid. You came to a raid on the morning of your wedding. He's like, well, in my defense, it wasn't my idea. Which it is hilarious that Staris was like, hey, you should go on this raid.
1: There's like, there's there's two ways you can read that. He could be he could be saying, um, you know, going on the raid wasn't his idea, but also going to the wedding wasn't his idea. Mm, yeah. Both probably. Yeah. And uh, so
0: chapter one starts and Wayne's like, man, that was a good plan, huh? And he's like, well, it's the same plan we always have, where I have to be the decoy. And Wayne's response is, well, it's not my fault. People like to shoot at you, man. You should be happy using your talents. I'd rather not have shootability be my talent. It's like, yeah, I got to work with what you have. I love that. Yeah, I don't want shootability to be one of my talents either, Wax. I'm right there with you. And Wax, he says, are you OK? And Wax says, yeah, I mean, this is my second marriage. I'm an old. I'm practiced at it by now. And Wayne makes a very uh, good point, which is absolutely true, where he's like, I found that people marrying is the one thing people get worse at the more they do it. That and being alive. Yeah, okay, both fair. Yep. And then a guy comes up and is like, hey, Lord Ladrian, can I have a moment, please? And Wax says, yeah, you can have all of them, but just do it without me.
1: Which a great line, I'm Gonna remember that one? Uh-huh,
0: exactly. Oh,
3: yeah. I have a <laughs> second? Yeah, sure. So that. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: Jamie's at work and she's just like, yeah, no, I have all the moments you want, bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I like how he, he he was debating for so long, getting in the carriage, this very nice plush carriage. And then when the guy comes up, he's like, OK, I'm taking off. And he just flies off into the sky. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> and so he gets to the Survivor's Church with its big glass dome, which is apparently designed so that you can worship while viewing the mists. And he's just like, I mean, they could just step outside, but whatever. Which is interesting, because if you remember back to the the second book, like. The survivorist meetings when they first started did take place outside in the mist generally. So the tradition has continued to some extent. And he it actually is. lands on the water tower that will come into play later.
1: Sorry, Jack, you can go ahead. That's right. I was going to make a dumb joke and like it, <laughs> dis- disregard. as saw I make any other kinds. <laughs> so it, this is six
0: months after the last book, we find out. And he's still dealing with the shit that went down in that uh, that very long night, which we've had now two books that took place mostly like within a 24 or 48 hour period. So you have to wonder uh, how long this
1: uh, if, if this is going to follow suit. Well, if we follow our assumption that he's going to go to a new city, probably not as much, mm, but yeah, that makes sense.
0: And so he shows up, finds Starris all dressed up. Her wedding dre- her sleek white dress had been chosen because the magazine said it was fashionable and it, like the paragraph ends with she was actually quite pretty as if this is a shock and so she goes and, and he says, well, why didn't you get killed so there's that and she says you're late but not very late and he's I'm sorry she'd insisted he go on the raid she'd planned for it in fact such was life with Staris. and uh, so he says the raid went well you know no casualties so on and so forth. And uh he starts getting undressed so he can dress up in his outfit. And she's like, Oh, you're trying to make me uncomfortable? And I like the bit where I skipped earlier where Wayne says, like, that's why I always have a bit of rat in my stew. And Wax says here, I work with what I have, and she goes, Which is why you always have a bit of rat in your stew. And he goes, Whoa, he said that to you too. And she says, I'm increasingly convinced he tries the lines out on me, the little mongrel.
3: <laughs> 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 great <Agreed>, sir. Agreed. <laughs>
0: It's like, he's so mean to her that I absolutely don't have a problem with her, like, getting back at him in these ways by calling him names and whatnot. Yeah. Because you know she didn't start it, so it's fine. And I also, like, uh, he's like, what, you're not going to leave while I'm changing? And she's like, look, you're the Pathian one. Prudishness is part of your belief system, not mine. I've read about Kelsier, and I kind of doubt that he would care. (laughs) But It's so true. Yep. Good old Kelsier. But as he takes off his pants to get dressed, she does blush and turn around (laughs) And apparently, so in the in this uh, survivor ceremony, they exchange pendants. And so she says, did you bring the pendants? And he says, I gave them to Wayne. And she's like, you what? He says, I thought you wanted some disturbances to, uh, with the wedding. And this will be perfect. I wanted planned disturbances. It's not upsetting if it's understood, prepared for, and controlled. Wayne is rather the opposite of those things, wouldn't you say? Uh,
1: totally yeah, true. I'm 100% with her on everything she just said. <laughs>
0: And she goes, I'm glad I had copies made. And he's like, copies of our wedding pennants? And she says, yes, six sets. The other four didn't arrive in time. Because that's the way I roll. He, he goes, you're one of a kind, Staris, And she goes, well, I mean, technically so is Wayne. And actually Ruin, for that matter. So if you think about it, it's not really a
4: compliment.
0: <laughs>
1: and she's firing on all cylinders this chapter. She really is. Yeah, she's uh, she's,
0: ner-
2: she's got the nerve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got, uh, I guess the nerves are like coming, giving her a little wit as well. <laughs> and so
0: he goes, I don't really get you because you prepare for things to go wrong. But that basically just guarantees that something else is going to go wrong because you can't prepare for everything. And uh, she, she's just like, I feel better when I try. Like, if everything goes wrong, at least I try. Does that make sense? And he goes, yeah, actually, that does. 100%. Yeah, I get it. And here's where she gives him the out. She's like, Are you sure you want to do this? I mean, I don't want you to feel trapped, especially after what happened earlier this year. If you want to back out, I'm okay with it. And he's he thinks the way that she's clutching his hand as she says those words sends a very different message, but she
1: doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> and this is the like the like this is the biggest thing that separates her from Wayne. Even when she's not not as comfortable, when she's, you know, uncertain or feeling hurt. She's willing to consider the feelings of others.
0: Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting that he's starting to think, like, I mean, at first this marriage was just about duty. But, like, the way that she's been here for me, like, these last few months and the way she's looking at me, like, shockingly, I'm actually fond of her. Not I don't it's not love. I kind of doubt I'm ever going to love again. But this this will do, which isn't exactly a ringing endorsement. But, you know, no, this yeah, That's and this what you is want where... on your wedding
3: day.
2: Right, yeah. the, that'll do, Starris. That'll do. <laughs> no, and that's and that's the issue I have with this whole setup for these relationships in general. Yeah, what Wayne did's pretty despicable, but I feel like Staris deserves more than Wax. Like it's it kind of sucks because it's not her fault, you know. He he was in love with somebody who's now dead that he basically killed twice, mm-hmm. and there's not really anything she can do about that but he's basically saying like you're my silver medal like it's just it's <laughs> yeah. it's not super thrilling and and look i'm not one for like romance it, it, you know the love has to be romantic and stuff like that but you know it helps it's it's kind of nice to hear a story where the person isn't settling for someone uh, and and yeah, like I guess the idea would be, well, you know, they get married now, and maybe he's not like in love love with her, but then he'll, you know, he'll grow to be in love with her eventually, which does happen. But at the same time, it's just, you know, it's not a it's and, and again, maybe it's a more realistic perspective because there are a lot of marriages that probably are like that, but it's just not not super thrilling to read about these people that are sad and broken inside. So
0: well and I mean it's you know, it's an older sort of scenario where it's like, you know, these these noble people marrying to unite their houses or whatever. Love probably didn't often come into those
2: situations. Sure, I guess. But you know, that's that's still kind of crummy. Yeah, like, yeah, when when you know these people, absolutely, yeah. Right, yeah.
0: And I mean even like when you get to he he tells her it's it's okay. I've recovered enough from my ordeal. I'm strong enough to do this. And I'm just like, isn't that what every woman dreams of hearing? He's like, no, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I can I can make myself go, go through with this
2: wedding. <laughs> I can I could bear to walk down the aisle and and uh, basically uh, attach my life to you forever. I think I can bear that.
1: <laughs> I can suck it up.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I, I might feel icky inside, but I'll do it. <laughs>
3: It's a shame we didn't get to hear their vows.
2: Right, <laughs> right.
0: I'm very curious. I'm just curious about actually the the entire <laughs> ceremony. Like we don't know many ceremonies from these religions in these books. so I'm really yeah. curious about how they work. Like, oh, actually, these, it's just like Staris. You are now going to be my wife. Even the so, ash girls good. thing. I'm just like ash girls. That's kind of interesting. Like yeah, it's messy. I wonder if they have. It took a me way too
3: long use, to like, figure like, out. out. It took what? me way too long to figure out that they were like a replacement for a flower girl. i was like oh it wasn't until they were explaining that they sprinkle ash on the carpet and i was like oh why would you want ash on oh (laughs) it's
1: like it's not a proper wedding gown until it's been dusted with some ash (laughs) yeah that'd be funny too just they come up and throw it at you (laughs) if it comes out pristine white then like it's an omen of like like ill-destined marriage yeah
2: you know, I got sprinkles yeah. thrown in my face at my wedding. It wasn't great. It hurt.
1: <laughs> Instead of uh, you know confetti
2: or rice or whatever, we had people throw sprinkles. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bad idea. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Uh, yeah, it's because we had like the ice cream bar and we had this whole like ice cream theme to the reception. And it then was an ice cream bar? Yeah, man. Were you even there? I yeah, know, he right? Was definitely there. He was the best man at my wedding. I'm like, like was I there? You now? were there. <laughs> I don't remember the reception at all. Yeah, I, it's kind of a blur to me, but I knew what we had cuz I, you know, I helped plan it a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, I think what I remember most is the
0: practice run that we did in the in the uh chapel because uh-huh. we were in there for a long time and like like you and me and the other groomsmen were just hanging around and we started like singing random songs and stuff. That okay. was the day of the wedding. That wasn't even the press. Oh, was, was
2: that the day of the wedding? Okay.
0: I just yeah. remember being in that
2: room for a long time. We were in there for a long time because unbeknownst to me, because there wasn't much communication between me and my bride on that day. Uh, You know, she had told me we're going to take pictures at this time. And when I got there, that's not really what ended up happening. So we got there early to take pictures and it just didn't, didn't go the way that we had originally discussed. So, but, uh. But yeah, it, we definitely had an ice cream bar and people definitely threw sprinkles at us. Mm,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> that was a thing that happened.
3: Oh,
0: goodness. Uh, okay, let's get back. So Marisai pops in and she's like, Wax, there's a guy here. and I've, I've been trying to send him away, but he won't take no for an answer. And it's the same guy with the bow tie. and He's like, how did you get here before Wayne? And, Wayne, and the guy says, I don't think your friend is coming. And then throws him a crumpled up ball of paper, which Wax... <laughs> Wax unwraps and the wedding pendants are inside. Hey, Wayne made sure they got there. And on the paper is written, gonna go get smashed till I can't
2: piss straight. Happy weddings and stuff. I I love the I love the condors just like, I don't I don't think he's coming. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me this balled up piece of paper.
1: Lucky that this guy was actually trustworthy enough to bring the pendants, not just like, oh, I'm going to steal these and cash them in. I think that's part of
2: Wayne's design. It's just like I don't care really if they get there. So here, just take them. I I don't I don't want to do this. And uh, I think <laughs> this poor Condra guy. He's like this guy already doesn't like me. Now I'm gonna come there with the paper and the uh, uh, that this guy gave me and tell him his friends not coming to his wedding. He's gonna hate me. <laughs> uh, and so Wax is like, dude, I'm busy
0: getting married. So just and then the guy makes his skin turned translucent, and he has uh, displaying the skull and spine beneath. And Alex Terris is like, a oh, holy one. So I, I guess, like, they're holy in the Survivorist religion, too, since that's her religion. And Wax well, is like, holy pain. Tell Harmony I'm busy.
2: <laughs> I wonder, like, yeah, and I almost wonder if, if it's not necessarily that they're holy in the Survivor religion, but that all of the religions are so, like, well-known. And, it almost I almost get a feeling that a lot of the people in this world believe all like multiple of the religions are true. They just pick the one they like the most Mm. because it seems because is isn't Marisai a survivor as well, but then she's like, oh yeah, the, I mean, the faceless immortals, here they are. And old iron eyes, there he is. Like, you know, yeah, that's an
0: interesting point. Well, and I feel like given that the world is literally remade by God and you got all these books handwritten by God they don't seem to debate that. So I feel like they know Harmony is God. So I agree that it's, it, it feels like they know that like multiple points of view are valid and they pick the one they like. That makes sense.
3: Also because, pretty hard to deny the existence of the faceless Immortals. Yep. When there's one showing you their skeleton.
0: I mean, to be fair, there's nothing, it, it, especially if you didn't believe in Harmony, there's nothing particularly holy about the Chandra. The Lord Ruler yep. made them, and they're just people with different powers so i could see not revering them but they it's hard to deny they exist if you see one in front of you you're right yeah, I and i like stares is just like tell harmony like and the guy tells them uh, that's part of the problem harmony has been distracted and maris says how can god be distracted and he's like uh, we're not sure but it has us worried um <laughs> i get i get waxillium that you're off to the ceremony but afterwards if i could have a minute and wax is like nope not gonna happen and they he pulls Starris and they leave. <laughs> and uh, she's like, was that Starris Like, was that really one of the faceless mortals? And he's like, yep. And I don't want nothing to do with him. And she's like, do, do you need a minute? No. He probably does need a minute. But he's like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. You know my mom, Starris. Come on. This isn't the right way to start off this wedding. God should have known not to come for me, particularly not today. That's a bold statement. <laughs> you stay the hell away from me, God. God is everywhere. Not today. He's not. And she's just like, your life is really odd, dude. And he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, hey, another perk of being my wife. Weird life. And he says, are you ready? And she says, yes, thank you. And she's tearing up. And he's like, are you OK? And she's like, yeah, it's just it's even more wonderful than I'd imagined, which is an interesting take on what just happened. She's just
1: <laughs> like, this is so amazing. My wedding.
0: Which she's Instead so God,
1: put in an appearance. Fair enough.
0: She's so happy it makes
1: it even worse what happens shortly. Oh. I I I really feel for it because like from the comments she's made in the past like she's got it going through her head this is a day that she has clearly thought would never arrive. She like she is so down on herself. She has such crippling self-esteem issues that she's always thought like no one will ever marry mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And now she's actually at her wedding day. Like she's got to be just going through it all. Right.
0: And so let's, so he he looks out and he doesn't see Wayne. Despite the note, he's kind of sad about it. Like, he, he thought he would be there. He's the only real family that I have left. Which, that's, that's sad.
1: Yeah, because Wayne doesn't actually give a shit about your feelings. He thinks he does, but he doesn't. Yeah. Bad friend. Yep.
0: I mean, good friend in a fight. But, other than that, but they don't have music. What you do have is the Ash Girls scampering across the carpet, which... Is a ringed walkway around the perimeter, and you walk around in the circle so that everyone can see you. And uh, Starus's dad is like giving Wax like a, an enthusiastic fist raise as they walk past, like, "Yeah, you go!" <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like
2: She's how so much this weird. guy loves Wax now. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so- "I was in on it. I was in on the. I was in on the show last time." A, he probably he probably goes to the club and it's like, oh, man, I had this crazy adventure with my son in law. He <laughs> left me on a roof for
1: hours.
2: It was nuts.
1: You, you know, he's going to spin that. It's like, yeah, yeah. He put me on top of this building because he wanted me to keep a lookout. It's like <laughs> that building is a skyscraper. How did you see anything? It's like, oh, I had binoculars. Yeah.
2: And Fought he out. left me a
1: gun,
0: but he didn't leave it loaded. So, you know, it just off five guys to get to the top of that building.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, but how does you how did you communicate with him if you were a lookout on top of a skyscraper? Uh, uh, well, you see, the tar cells, they invented this thing called a walkie-talkie. Yeah, no, have you ever seen this thing? It's like a
2: you get like a soup can, you put a string on it, <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know it's just a really long string with another soup can at the other end. It's awesome. And we get a flash,
0: a brief flashback to like Leslie and Wax's wedding. A simple Pathian ceremony finalized on horseback to escape a mob. (laughs) But she'd wanted a wedding like this. She said someday she's going to make him do it proper. And so he's that makes him happy for a second until he looks and it's that's not the woman who's standing next to him. And then he's extra sad. You know, I
1: always thought they never actually got married.
0: Well, we it wasn't really clear, especially in the first book, if they were actually married or not. And we had assumptions like one way or the other to start with. And then I think in the second book, they actually say that they were married,
1: but that's the most we hear about it. I think because so. I could have sworn any t- like there was, was like, I, I sort of flipped back through the book a bit after the whole reveal of last week. And there was one point early on where Bleeder says to Waxar, I was sorry to hear about your lover or something. I'm like, Each, and, yep. and it's like, well, OK, why would you like if they were married? Why say that and not wife? but i mean that could just be Lessie trying to throw a misdirect in but i don't know right uh, like, I, I guess i guess like subconsciously i've always had that in my head it's like oh they they were never married Cause that's, that is that's that is a, absolutely
0: that is something that gets said is like she uh, bleeder says your lover but uh, i think it's there's there's another point in the book which i just had to go and search for it where uh, wax is like no marisai says everything doesn't have to be about you and wax says not everything just this and she thinks, uh, that was probably right, annoyingly. Uh, why else would Bleeder be going around the city wearing the body of the man who'd killed his wife? Hmm. So, but yeah, there's not much mention of it, and I feel like it's never super clear. Like, maybe Marisai even just thought it was his wife, and she'd never gotten details, but finally, we know. They had a ceremony while well, escaping a mob on horseback. <laughs> and the, as as they continue walking, he's just getting more and more uncomfortable, and he's like, this marriage means letting go of her, and I'm I don't think I'm ready. Oh, my God. Like, I'm right here in the middle of it, and I don't think I'm ready. While the priest is talking, he's like, I got to get out of here. What am I going to do? And he looks up, and he sees that water tower. And as he's watching, it shifts. And he's like, wait, what? And it starts to fall <laughs> over. Water spills out. He grabs Starris, and put. he has one metal button on just for safety. So he pushes that down so he can push them up and away. And the water crashes into the dome, and everything gives way. <laughs> Which,
2: as they say later, going up to get away from water, I mean, not a great plan.
0: Yep. You know, it it was a reflexive thing. Can't blame him. He didn't have too long to think about it. But yeah, as Darius points out, he did try to push them up and away. It just uh, wasn't fast enough. So we cut to after the fact where everyone has been drenched in water, but there were no serious injuries. One guy hit his head trying to run away. And the Constable General of the 6th Octant is very, you ruined my best pistol, you realize. I'll have to have this cleaned and oiled. And like Wax is thinking like if it was really a good gun, a little water wouldn't ruin it, jackass. Also, how is Wax to blame for this? Right? And apparently, the insurance assessor is already kind of calling it a uh, an accident, seems like, which he showed up fast. But
3: yeah, I think it said something about like the church is like demanding they make payment or something. And I was like, how? What? How fast do you need that? It sounds like there are still wedding guests there. Right.
2: Like, <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> You gotta pay now, now. (laughs) It says he came to
0: do an initial report for when the church demands payment on their policy.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) I misread that. I
0: I just like the idea of the priest
3: burned down and you're at the front going, "Okay, pay me my money now." (laughs) The insurance office is just across the street.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "This isn't Affleck. We'll pay you when we pay you." I'm picturing the priest like still
0: drenched, and he's like walking into the office, like, "I want money."
2: Yeah, yeah, the insurance guys will have to pay. And they deserve to pay. Bastards. <laughs> if you know that reference, you're a good friend.
0: And so, yeah, he Wax is talking to Steris and he goes, yeah, it looks like simple structural failure. And Steris is like, so yeah, just an accident. I mean, I should have expected this crap. Do you, ever, do you ever get the wonder if the Cosmere is trying to overwhelm you? And he's like, the Cosmere, you mean Harmony? And she's like, no, I mean, just like cosmic chance. Rolling the dice anytime I pass and always hitting all ones. Of course the wedding would fall apart. Tons of water falling through the roof. Why wouldn't I have seen that coming? It's so utterly outlandish. It had to happen. At least the priest didn't get murdered this time, which that's true. <laughs> it couldn't worse. <say> yes.
1: <laughs> it's like how hadn't planned for a water tower falling over. It's like, it's so utterly outlandish. It's like, what, what did you plan for that was utterly outlandish? Were you predicting like eagles breaking through the ceiling and carrying you away or something? <laughs> Someone burnt Addie with a fucking volcano open under the church. Like, what did you plan for? I I hope that she
0: hired, like, a dozen different teams for various situations. Like, there's guys hiding in a room with, like, fire extinguishers for in case something lit on fire. Or there's, you know, there, there's guys with eagle repellent ready to rush out when those <laughs> giant eagles come in.
1: Like the subway tunnels below the church. There are guys down there with pickaxes in case the mole men attack. Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm the Underminer. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Ah, and the Underminer.
0: She's she's once again so down on herself. She's like, thank you, Lord Waxillium, for being willing to subject yourself to me.
2: <laughs> oh, Staris,
0: Sweet, sweet Staris. just want to hug her. And he's like, no, Staris. I mean, I think you're delightful. And she says, and the fact that you're gritting your teeth as the ceremony started, gripping me like you're dangling for your life from the side of a bridge. <laughs> Which, yeah, okay, that's fair, but it, that wasn't really about you. I mean, she can't know that, but it wasn't. She's just like, can you honestly say that you're sad the wedding is delayed? And he cannot. And like it says that he's he's he flounders for so long that like an awkwardly long time until saying anything would have sounded bad. So he's just like, okay. And uh, he's like, I'll just have to relax, do something to relax myself next time, I guess, as opposed to going out on a raid right before the wedding. And uh, he's like, I assume you have a backup dress. And she says she has two. And she reserved another date two months from now at a different church in case this one exploded. And the the whole section ends with her saying, well, things do tend to explode around you. So considering that, getting drenched must be rather novel. (laughs) (laughs) I love stairs so much. She's amazing. Uh, And so then we cut to Marisai, who is – she's suspicious. She's got her notebook, and she's going around looking at things and talking to people. And mostly, she's looking for somebody. She's hunting a very special kind of insane. First the pubs, not too obvious. Then she checks the gutters. One soup kitchen, and against her better judgment, a purveyor of quote-unquote novelties. (sighs) Okay. Finally, running out of ideas, she went to check if he decided to steal the forks from the wedding breakfast. And uh, she finds Wayne impersonating a chef. And yelling at everybody with, like, this, this heavy eastern accent, she thinks, maybe. He's got everyone running around working.
1: Sorry, He's doing guy. his best Gordon Ramsay.
0: Right, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I've seen crisper lettuce in the gar- lettuce in the garbage heap, he says to the cringing delivery boy, like it's the delivery boy's fault. And then, oh, well, hello, Marisai. And she says, what are you doing? And he says, making soup. uh, He had to make sure that they didn't welch on their promise and not make anything to eat. We paid for this stuff. Well, Wax did. And Marissa is flipping open her notebook. She's like, uh, so bolts securing the water tower were definitely loosened. And the road was conspicuously empty. Some ruffians from another octant having stopped traffic with a fistfight. And Wynch is like, I hate your notebook.
3: Yes, it's the notebook we need to blame.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's all the notebook's fault. Yeah, it's like that movie, The Notebook.
2: That movie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I've never actually seen it Eh, I say it sucks it's not terrible but it's just become it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels it's just become meme like fuel Mm. and she's
0: like someone could have been hurt Wayne And he's, that's not fair somebody was hurt that fat fellow has no hair (laughs) like (laughs) brain injuries are nothing to make jokes about Wayne and she's like I am a cop dude I can't just ignore this shit and Wayne's like it's fine Wax is gonna
3: pay for it (laughs) <laughs> but that that doesn't make it fine. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
2: Yeah. So it's fine, the insurance guys are gonna pay. And they deserve to pay. That's called insurance fraud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he, I, wh- I, I sort of picture like in like the sort of the later seasons of South Park that have been coming out, Cartman's mum is actually finally starting to stand up to him. Oh good. Um to the point where it's like Recently, like they lost their house because Cartman couldn't deal with the fact that she got a job and basically forced her to quit. It was a whole thing. And now she's just like sick of him and they have to live in basically an old abandoned hot dog stand. And I'm picturing it's like at some point, this is going to be Wax and Wayne. Like Wax's money is going to run out because he has to spend it all on insurance stuff because of things that Wayne did. And they're going to have to move into a hot dog stand and then. Like Wayne is just not going to take responsibility for that, and Wax is going to be like, "No, fuck you, dude. We live in a hot dog stand."
2: (laughs) I'm pretty sure that Wax can always just go back to law keeping out in the roughs. True, he doesn't have to live in a hot dog stand. Also, it sounds like Wayne actually, if he made a sweet deal with that dude's uh, daughter, he uh maybe end up richer than Wayne somehow. Wax or Wax, I mean, yeah, could be. Wayne's going to have his own
0: noble house in the future. The House of Wayne will have survived until the next series. <laughs> yeah. Wayne, are the Knights of Wayne.
2: Does Wayne have a last name?
0: That we no, I, I don't think that we know it if he does. He's mm. Kid Wayne. That's all that we got. It's actually Wayne Lesterborn's.
2: How awful would that be? <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Oh, boy.
3: I feel like House of Wayne should be like a fancy store that sells all these different
2: Yeah. That
1: would be amazing. Welcome to the House of Wayne. And then it's like hundreds of years in the future he has a descendant named Bruce.
2: Yeah! <laughs> Who lives in Wayne Manor.
1: It's all uh, coming together!
2: Yeah. plagiarism. <laughs> uh,
0: so Wayne's explanation is the lads got a little carried away. I said see the church was flooded. I, I thought that they'd like, you know, break the plumbing or something and uh, he the priest would come in in the morning and find the whole place flooded. They got a little excited is all. <laughs> And he's like, I slapped him around already, Marissa. I promise I did. <laughs> I slapped him around. And she's like, Wax is going to figure this out. What are you going to do then? And Wayne says, nah. he has a blind spot for stuff like this. He'll know in the back of his head that I did it deep in his subcontinence. But he'll also, like, secretly be relieved that I stopped the wedding and he'll pay for the damages no matter what. And he won't say anything. Won't even investigate. You just watch.
1: Does it make it OK? No, it doesn't.
0: And then Wayne offers her a jug, and she goes, that's cooking, Sherry. And he's like, yeah, the pubs don't serve anything except beer at this hour.
1: (laughs) Oh, now he's got something against beer.
0: And he's like, you should be happy that he's not marrying her. You still got a chance. And she's like, dude, I don't want a chance. He made his decision. And Wayne's like, is that how the Ascendant Warrior would do it, huh? And uh, she goes, no, actually, she walked up to the man that she wanted, slapped the book out of his hand and kissed him
2: yeah which i mean not technically the truth but you know it sounds like a good story
1: it sounds like what vin would have done sure well it's kind of the abridged thing she did walk up to him and slap a book out of his hand at one point and kissed him later it just wasn't at the same time right, right. i do like i do
2: like that they reference her murdering what was even that woman's name i forget shan alerial uh, yeah shan alerial yeah. yeah. i do like that it's like also she she, she murdered his fiance
1: <laughs> it like, like what really, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean she really she murdered everyone in his family let's be real it's true <laughs> she, she yeah i mean that's how
2: that's how my wife got me she murdered my <laughs> husband, so. i mean Ooh. to be fair that like the, de- trying trying to murder family at murder. Did she, did, did he? Uh, yeah at this point i'm like deeply deeply stockholm syndromed
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like Wayne's response oh, man, that's gruesome in an approving tone. And she goes, nah, that's not even, like, she supposedly ripped out the Lord Ruler's insides. I've seen it depicted in several illuminated manuscripts.
2: <laughs> Which like, also not on. technically true. I mean, unless you count the bracers in his arms being his insides.
1: Right. But also, it's like, I'm oh, sorry, you're inventing all these stories about how Vin gruesomely murdered people, and you don't bring up the headbutt of doom. <laughs> yeah. That's probably in there somewhere. But...
0: She's like, have you ever read any religious texts? And he's like, yeah, lots of things I read have religious texts in them. Damn, hell, flatulent, arse-licking git. That last one's in the testimony of Hammond, promise. At least all the letters are. <laughs> Did we see I Ham like,
1: saying that? I, I, I yeah. just like
0: that, that Ham's like, holy book is the testimony of Hammond. And he's like, so see, yeah, just be the lady Mistborn. Get your murdering on. And she's like, my murdering on against my sister. You could be polite about it, like give her the first stab or whatnot. And she's just like, dude, I don't want to be the Ascendant Warrior. I don't want someone that I have to rope into submission. That sort of thing is for the courtroom, not the bedroom. And he's like, well, hold on. <laughs> and she, she basically is like, look, look, whatever. I've moved on. And he's like, wait, you, you can do that. That's a that's a thing. <laughs> do, you, do you think I should, you know, with Renette? And she's like, dude, if anybody should have taken a hint, it's you. Yes. Move on. <laughs>
2: I do like that they at least have this conversation and that it's yep. like, yeah, dude, she's gay. Uh, <laughs> you should have moved on by now.
0: He's like, He says it's only a phase, one that lasted 15 years.
2: Mm.
1: We don't call <laughs> like, them dude, phases, bro. <laughs>
0: like,
1: dude, she's gay. Really? That explains why she was making out with that lady in front of me. <laughs>
0: Then he pulls out a bottle of wine, and she's like, that's been in there this whole
2: time? It's like, yeah, it tastes better if you drink something that tastes like dishwater first. <laughs> Just that reasoning. It's like, yeah, I mean, it tastes better because you're comparing it to the last thing you drank. It's, it's, nope. yeah.
0: And so then the Kandra walks in, and uh, Wayne's like, dude, if you're here to persuade me to persuade him, you should know he does not listen to me. Unless he's pretty drunk at the time. Probably why he's lived so long. And the Kandra's like, actually, I'm here for Marisai. <laughs> My first choice for this endeavor rejected me, so I hope you take no offense at being my second.
2: Another, uh, what's Terris' last name? Uh, Harms. Uh, another Harms girl as somebody's silver medal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Mar- Mar- is actually Miss Combs. She has her mom's last name.
2: Yeah, but we, kn- we all know the score.
0: <laughs> and so he says, Miss Combs, tell me what do you know about the nature of investiture and identity? with capital fancy and that's the end of the chapter
1: yeah we're about to offer wax a chance to become god but he didn't want it so you want to so, be god
2: yeah, yeah you want to be god
1: <laughs> seems like, like our Br- God's bruce almighty distracted. situation
2: so uh we need somebody else to be god for a while i'm <laughs> gonna borrow the powers for a little bit while he's distracted he's on vacation or something i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> say he's just laying on a beach somewhere he's doing his
2: annual thing where he cries about his dead wife <laughs> oh, that's mean. Proof.
3: That was mean. Well, Sorry. The book is the band of mourning, so yeah, maybe that's yeah. what he's up doing. Mourning. If
2: there's any uh, if there's any reason to mourn, it's, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. Okay, so uh, predicaments. What do you guys think? Where where is this going? What are we gonna do in this book?
3: Oh, I'm not sure. I think in terms of time frame, two months for the book. I think we'll end with the wedding, is what I'm hoping. Anyway. With, with all parties a little more happy to partake. I think, well, because we've had the sister mentioned, I am hoping that we're going to see Mr. Suit and the sister and a bit more of that familial tie for, for Wax uh, in this book. I, I hope it doesn't hold over to the next book. I would like that to be answered soon. Obviously, Wax is going to go somewhere else. We were talking about the map earlier. I don't really have much else really. I don't know where we're going. I mean, we, we talked about in the last episode that he's going to be upset with Harmony for a while, which is definitely happening. In terms of what's going on with Harmony, I don't know if we're having like a fuzz kind of situation, but I feel like we're probably going to get, maybe Wax is going to learn a bit more about what happens with King Will and find some common ground there and his faith will be renewed or something in the story, but
0: Hmm.
3: yeah other than that i don't really have anything yet it's a bit early
0: it is early it's true i do like the idea that the bands of mourning is related to this morning in some way and maybe wax will find out about Tindwill like we don't know how much about Tindwill is in the books that you know harmony left mm. behind you have to figure that he wouldn't want yeah. her to be forgotten so she might be in there but who knows maybe it was it hurts too well, much to talk about there's a tindwell mm.
2: like boulevard or something
0: oh yeah that's true
2: there was a Tindwill promenade Promenade. There you go. So people know her name at least.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, she did fight though in the in the the battle. Didn't yep. she lead one of the armies at one of the gates or something? So yeah. they might not realize the significance to, significance to save, though.
2: Mm. She was a martyr. That's true. So okay. So, yeah. Given how little
0: information we have, I think that's not uh, not a bad starting place.
2: Yeah. I, I'm just going to make the, the assumption, since we had a prologue that was very important last time, that this prologue will be very important this time. <laughs> so how that's going to play out, I don't know. Just pulling from the things that happened in the prologue, maybe we'll get to spend more time with Wax's grandmother. Maybe um, maybe somehow like a relative of Forge comes back into the picture because uh, he got killed real good. Yep. Uh, or maybe maybe we'll even see his uh his sister in this book hopefully we haven't heard anything about his sister or the set or anything since uh since alloy of law really so uh be be cool since they kind of introduced her her characterization at least a little bit in the prologue. be cool to see her if she shows up and then as far as the conjure goes, I don't know, like I just keep thinking. Uh know. even though he says technically God is distracted, I keep thinking of the Blues brothers It's like I got it's like we're on a mission from God. So it's like <laughs> maybe he's got some kind of request or mission he wants to send he wants to send her on that for whatever reason they can't do themselves, which I'm like, man, there's a lot of contra, why can't they just do it themselves? <laughs> but uh anyway, yeah. I'm excited to see uh to see what takes place and uh, maybe maybe we'll leave wax behind. Maybe Marisai will be the main character of this story. That'd be interesting, right? Yeah, it's maybe, entirely maybe, possible. Maybe Marisai... Maybe, like, they never see Wax again. Marisai and Wayne go out on their own adventure.
1: The series changes to the Marisai and Wayne stories. Yeah. I doubt
2: that, seeing as how the cover art for this book is Steris and Wax, but you never know. At
1: least it my could happen. Is. Our cover art is, um, a dude... It looks like a statue of a dude holding a cane. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah I,
0: I'd forgotten. Hold on, so... I'm going to look at that one again, Bands of morning.
1: And there's, like, someone else. I guess that's Wayne at the bottom holding his dueling cane.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's definitely, like, a statue of a dude holding, like, a
2: cane. You're right. Yeah. A dueling cane. Who else do we know who uses a dueling cane that would and, have a statue of themselves? Oh, mm. I don't think like I... A, looks like an older bloke.
0: I don't think I ever even noticed that they're, like, standing at the base of a statue is a smaller person.
1: Like, I've yeah, seen and, this cover before, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Wayne. Maybe it's the guy who taught Wayne to fight. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Glenn, let's go. <laughs> as far as where we're going for this book, yeah um, yeah, like we were talking about the fact that New, Sur, New Saran has a map. Like, I guess we're going there, which would be kind of cool. I don't know what significance that place will have. I agree. I think the prologue has got to come back into it. And this where my brain has been going is like, I feel like Telson, his sister, we're going to learn a bit more about her specifically. I think she's actually not a prisoner of Mr. Suit and the set. I think she's in on it Oh. Um, because she seems fairly resentful of wax at the start of the book and from other remarks that have come up, it's kind of been like a she's the forgotten one. Like Uncle Eddie really wanted Wax to take over the, the family business, and then he wanted his own son to take over the family business. And then Wax proved a disappointment. The son died. And so I think I, I think maybe telson has been itching for a chance to prove herself and like just like, uh, why is everyone just forgetting about me? I can do shit, too. So I, I really like the idea that maybe she's one of the masterminds for the set, maybe even the second in command behind Mr. Suit, behind Dear Uncle Eddie. And uh, yeah, I I want to I want to see where this goes, I think, because as much as you give a shit for like, oh, you know, there, isn't that often there's a secret bad guy? There actually kind of has been. We had Lessie last book, rushek from the first book and Marsh from book two. It's like secret bad guy happens quite a bit. So secret bad guy this time, Telson.
0: I was before you even mentioned, I was going to say like you're talking about that. I was I was going to be like the first secret bad guy prediction coming out early this book. Okay, I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we've like but I think the prologue was sort of a misdirect. We're focusing so much on wax and forge, but we're going to but it's really the important bit is Telson. So,
0: Mm, Okay. yeah, it's definitely the first time we've gotten any information about her beyond her name. So even I mean, whether whether you're right, wrong, whatever, it's nice to finally know something about
1: that is true. Yeah. But, like, I, th- I think it'd be a nice little twist if, uh, you know, when he when he met Suit at the end of Alloy of Law, and was like, oh, my sister is safe, and her safety depends on you behaving yourself. Like, you know, that would be just a, a neat little, like, uh, we can keep wax in line with that. Meanwhile, Telson is just, like, laughing the whole time, thinking it's like, I'm working against him from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah I like this. This is, uh... Uh, now, now I want this to be the recurring uh, the, the the recurring thing for this book. Now you can like uh, like Joe's Contra predictions and or volcanoes or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep coming back.
1: This is a fun one. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I I think with my predictions, I have a bad habit of forgetting them week to week. So <laughs> I, I need I need to be better and try and remember them each time.
0: I honestly think I was gonna say I don't remember if it was you. I think it might have been. I think someone. Has made that prediction, like some in the previous book, or maybe even the first book, that she wasn't actually a prisoner. I feel like I've heard that before, but well, uh, listen to the uh,
2: Alloy yeah, episodes. That uh, yeah, I think we re- I remember talking about that. How she like, you know, might be going along with it, especially if she's got some kind of ferrochemical powers. Yeah, we still don't know if, if she has any. If she's kind of a yeah, if yeah. she's twin born, or if she's just terrorists with no ferro half with no chemical
0: pow- ferro chemical powers, or or she could be an alumancer
2: like her brother
0: is. Who knows? Okay, we have no new emails, but a, so we've got two new patrons, one at the shard level and one at the sky level. So you got your chart ready to give them some some powers. Yeah.
2: So our new shard of Adolnalsium backer is Henry. Henry, you are a spinner. You store a fortune, because that sounds awesome.
0: That does sound awesome. That is one
2: that I've often thought, like, I, I might pick that if I was going to have. One. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's anything like Felix Felicis, it's got to be swell.
0: I mean, especially if you could, like, if you were also a uh, uh, alamancer, so you could, like, compound that like Miles oh, did. Oh,
2: God. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Although, I'd be really scared to store it, because it's, like, bad things might just keep happening to you.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you need to compound it because then you just need to store like
2: a little bit and then you can, you know, get ten times back. Right. So what you're saying is we need some chromium uh, burners, which we don't even know. I don't even know what chromium does. Chromium for... is
0: is that what is that what Mariside does? Hold on. No, she's cadmium. Cad- yeah. Okay. Yeah. That they sound similar. Yeah. Chromium Allomancy. Let's look it up real quick.
2: Oh, it is in the back of. Uh... Let me make sure it's the R's arcaneum and shadows of self or something.
0: Let me go back to Shadows of Self, just so I'm 100% sure it's in the Ars Arcanum, because I don't think this is a power that we've seen yet. In, no, it doesn't in sound action. like it. So one moment, and let me confirm. <laughs> let, let me confirm now. Okay, it does. <laughs> it, it, it did say in that. So yeah. basically, chromium... Okay, so if if you burn aluminum, it gets rid of all of your metals... Mm-hmm. chromium if you burn chromium you can get rid of somebody else's metals
2: oh that's cool that's useful yeah maybe maybe uh maybe that's how she got rid of wayne's metals probably oh. not though
0: no yeah i think she she just took his metal mines like that's a different thing than getting rid of like you know, yeah the Man
2: but uh, had he burned all his oh it did say he had burned all his yeah red.
0: when he was trying to escape the mob yeah that's right so yeah
2: anyway back to what we were
0: saying yeah, uh sorry. you're a spinner and then our new Ska level backer is William.
2: And William, you are a subsumer. You store energy. Mm. It'd be cool, like Gambit, you know? Just like store some, <laughs> like use up some energy. And then, like, I don't know that it's kinetic energy, so maybe it's not the same. But, you know, you could charge something with energy.
0: No, I think the energy. Uh, hold on. Now I'm going to look that one up too. What metal was that? Uh,
2: That is Bendeloy. That's what Wayne burns. Mm hmm. Bendeloy. I- so energy is probably like you know, yeah you could just...
0: it's it's nutrition and calories is what they're ah
2: so you can not have to eat
0: for a long time I guess so yeah you you can eat a bunch of food without getting full to store it and then if you tap it you can go without food and you can have a separate mental mind to do fluids
2: interesting that sounds actually pretty useful yeah absolutely you go it's to like an all you can eat buffet and screw them yeah. way over although it says it stores the energy but my question is do the calories still affect your body that cause you know, you don't want to be like that. That honestly, that what that sounds like is uh, uh, if anybody's ever watched or read my hero academia, there's a, a guy called fat, fat gum or something like that. And his quirk is basically that like he consumes a bunch of calories, gets really fat. And then he, his quirk is that he expends his energy and like creates, you know, crazy explosions or kinetic things with all his energy that he stored. Hmm. and then he gets real thin when he does that
0: yeah i get the impression from the way because the way this phrases it is that you're storing the nutrition and calories so i feel like the calories can't make you fatter if you're storing that i guess that makes sense because you're putting them into the metal mind not into your body yeah but, i mean that but it's so weird that like because you're taking physical food and just turning mm-hmm. it into like battery which is yeah. what your body does i guess but it's still so strange
2: yeah, well, you know, physics and fiction, it doesn't always
0: <laughs> make sense. That's true. Okay, so thank you guys for uh, for supporting us on the Patreon. That's amazing. We really appreciate it. If anyone wants to send us emails, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and places such as that. For the next episode, we are reading two chapters, chapters three and four of this book fans of morning music by miracle of sound thanks everybody for listening we appreciate it and uh we uh to remind everyone we're a couple episodes ahead in recording so if you send us something don't be surprised if it takes a while before you hear it just uh, to let everybody know mm-hmm. come back two chapters next time and Wuzzing to the time of next colo
4: A reckless rail speed and ride to the rising gale. Shovel harder, cause we're on your tail London's dirty fire.